0: Thank you kai jones for helping us (laughs) i wasn't sure how to get from three to one and you solved it ah math is hard a funny
1: thing about that sentence is that it's three to one which is still the countdown
0: (laughs) my brother is actually getting his doctorate in math Ooh, yeah he's gonna be a phd in math so and that's just
1: and then what does he do teach um (laughs) he have to change his last name to math
0: yes I think he would. I think he would. Is his name Matt? <laughs> no, his name is uh, his name is Billy. He's getting his doctorate in math, and because he works at Boeing, Boeing is paying for it. Ooh, I know people who work at Boeing. And because of his job with Boeing, he got his first patent that he was the primary author on. Wow. That's fantastic. So does yeah. he live up here, then? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's in California. He's, uh... Oh. He's on your side of town, but he's he's down south. He's in... Uh, where do they live right now? I don't think you know where I live. You live in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. So you said my side of town, and then you said California, and I was confused. <laughs> no, I just meant like he's on your side of the country. He's just I south see. of you.
1: Yes, yes. Very good.
0: Yeah, he's he's the smart one. I'm, I'm the one who got a degree in history, and I play music. Ooh,
1: I like history better, so you win. Yes. I'm a huge history buff.
0: My parents are they're, they're happy with me. What kind of history? Just general history because I, I did my undergrad. But if I would have kept going, I was either going to pursue a master's in public history with a focus on early American history or go into library sciences. Fascinating. Yes. That's great. I'm a big, uh, a big Cold War guy, World
1: War II, post war, that whole business, 50s and 60s.
0: Yeah, I. So I'm. Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, a actually, question here from Kai Jones. So from Kai Jones to answer your question. Well, I'm going to answer your question first by telling a really cool story.
1: And, and before you do that, I'm going to say that the question is: Has history helped on any particular projects you've done sound on? Maybe more depth or accuracy?
0: Question mark. Well, so I want to start by saying this. Uh, it's just a quick story, just to get this out of the way. Cause originally I was a music major in college and then I got burnt out on music or burnt out at least on the music education program. It was at University of Central Florida. And as a, as a burgeoning school, their model of proving that they were better than everyone else was to make their programs super hard. So it was really easy to get burnt out on the music program because it was, it was intense. And uh, most of the people that I was students with had all resigned their lives of spending six to eight years to get an undergrad in music from UCF. Oh, boy. Yeah. And when I reached year three, I was like, I'm, I'm done and I want to graduate. And I loved my time at the music program at UCF. Everybody there was super talented. The bar was set really high. I mean, there were phenomenal music uh, majors in there. I just couldn't hang with the rest of them. So I switched and went to history because I wanted to graduate. And one of the classes that I signed up for on happenstance was Russian history, which was taught by by Dr. Solonari, who I discovered during my time there was, in his teenage years, was part of a Ukrainian rebel force that fought for their freedom against Soviet Russia.
1: Fantastic.
0: So it was, we always used to make jokes that he was like that like that black ops teacher, like if his back was turned and you threw like a piece of paper or something at him, he could like <laughs> turn around and then throat punch you. Perfect. Okay, five times before he hit the ground. <laughs> yes. I wound up loving his classes and so I, I took three of the four classes he taught on Russian history and we were getting to Soviet Russia and the fall of Soviet Russia, which was going to be his fourth class and that was the semester that he went on sabbatical. Ugh. And I was like, damn it. That would have been amazing. Now uh, we'll never know what happened to the Soviet Union. Exactly. Spoilers. <laughs> so uh, because that was what he his doctoral thesis was on. So the closer we got to it, the more animated and the more excited he got about Russian history. But it was really fascinating and gave me a much deeper appreciation just for history in general. Both that and the class History and Historians which is all about the history of history. Now, to answer Kai Jones' audio question, has history helped in any particular projects I've done? Where history has helped me is actually not on any particular projects, but teaching me to be a better researcher. So when I first got into wanting to pursue audio and the digital arts and everything, kind of having that background in history and learning how to filter out noise to find the information I wanted, that's where it got super helpful. And it's a shame in our modern American education system that most of history has been relegated to memorize these dates and these names. History is really about teaching you how to research. That's fabulous, I agree. And that more than anything else made it super beneficial for me and my current job my current nine to five that supports my audio music habit is one where i do research and data analytics and so having that research background was was really really helpful in my modern job and continues to be helpful but i haven't used it for any particular projects so, short answer, no.
1: Next question.
0: Yeah, short answer, no. <laughs> Long answer, just learning how to be a better audio student. Yeah, I went to college several times
1: and it did not work out ever for that. But I did very briefly go for music. I was trying, I had some friends who went to a music production school uh, like two and a half hours away in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Mm. And I wanted to try to do that, but I didn't want to go out to where they were to do it. So I tried to find the next best thing at my local community college and I it was mostly it was mostly music focused instead of production focused and it didn't last very long for me because despite playing the violin for seven years I'm not particularly good with music I can't write music I don't know a lot about key signatures and all that stuff so that was my one attempt to do school in a relevant way to any of this and everything else otherwise has happened just as a result of YouTube University and everything else I've wanted to do on my own um, since then. Hmm. Yeah, I was actually just telling the, the children earlier that a friend of mine pointed me to a free uh, Cruisin' Exotica game arcade cabinet that is down in Portland that I'm trying desperately to procure by Sunday or on Sunday, I guess, but I don't have the vehicular means and I'm trying to find them. Uh, and it's a conversion kit so it obviously is not a, a true cruising Exotica machine but i want to try to make it like get it and then turn it into like a, a multi-cab for racing games nice and i think that, that would be neat as shit and i got to figure out how to get that so if anybody here has any uh, portland connections with the truck i could probably if i had an infinite stream of money to fly around on like <laughs> like a jetpack that shot dollars out of it i could probably get there and back with one um but Port- portland from here is about four hours so it'd be a yeah like a 360 mile round trip <laughs> which i imagine being in the uk is like oh you're just going to go to the other side of the entire country that's fine
0: i mean that's that's <laughs> like florida going from melbourne to uh st pete tampa area yeah
1: which i think ryan does a lot doesn't he? Cause his parents live down there somewhere
0: his parents live in south florida so yeah driving from orlando i think it's I can't remember if it was like Jupiter area or something like that, but either way, yeah, it's it's about a four-hour drive from the middle of Florida down to south. Basically, Florida is longer than it is wide, so going from coast to coast only takes about maybe four or five hours at most, but to get out of the state takes you almost the entire day.
1: Yeah, I... Uh... I always underestimate how big California is because I, I look at uh, look at a map and it's like, oh, LA, San Francisco, San yeah. Diego. They're all right here in this little two-inch square
0: down at the very bottom and the whole rest of the state is doing nothing. And it's
1: huge. It's huge. It's
0: just so big. My, my brother was telling me that about once every two to four years, they put a measure on the ballot to divide uh, California into three distinct states. And every time it fails. The reason being is because one, it would just California so big and Mm -hmm. it would offset a lot of the stress and responsibility of the different areas because not all of California is L.A. Right.
1: Yeah. Northern California, like that whole top (laughs) Cal and if and Ornia.
0: Yes. (laughs) I forget what they were going to like call it. But yeah, you have like. Yeah,
1: you would have an entire section of California with t- 12 people in it that can't support itself as its own state.
0: It would be like, so where the drought hits the worst is in all the farmland area. Yeah. And that basically leaves the rest of California, which in the north and in the south is all your suburbs, your cities, your major metropolitan areas. And then in the middle is your farmlands. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves your, your metropolitan areas footing the bill to cover water expenses for the farmland areas rather than mm. dividing it up. That's just one of the things. The other, it's, it's also, it's, it's just a really big state and for how populated it is, it would help with a lot of things, but it never passes. Yeah. yeah I had a read a great meme the other day that said, Hey
1: there, Delilah, what's it like in Houston, Texas? I'm 600 miles away and somehow still in Texas. And
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that is I enjoyed that quite a bit. Do you, so I don't actually know a ton about what you do all day. What, um, I know you mentioned your actual nine to five a minute ago. What do at, you do And I was absolutely day. listening very intently when you said that. I, uh, <laughs> uh-huh.
0: what, um, what game projects do you uh, work on anything? So uh, every, every game that I'm working on right now is under NDA. So that's uh, fun. That's cooler than my games. <laughs> I don't have any NDAs going right now. Yes. Uh, for those of you listening who don't know what that means, that's non-disclosure agreement. means he can't tell you. Right. And it basically means that if I say anything that the studios that I'm working for have not already said, I can get in, in a lot of big legal trouble. Yes.
1: I was thinking about how one of my goals as a, per, as a person in the industry is to have the sort of information that can actually change the gaming economy if I were to tell somebody it. That's when you know you've got a thing going. When it's like, I have information that if I said to the internet, the internet would explode.
0: <laughs> well, so this isn't at that level. I mean, all all of the three games that I'm working on are very indie level. Like, yeah. actually, one of the games is a uh, visual novel, and we barely crossed our Kickstarter finish line. So it was... That one, like, I really don't think is going to get much reach beyond its Kickstarter. Mm. The other two games are games that are in prototype phase with the hope of getting it in front of potential investors. One of the games I'm working on, we are in sprints to get a prototype done for GDC. And our lead is going to take it to GDC and show it to potential investors. We've already got, I think, two or three scheduled interviews. Ryan has also helped with that. I've told Ryan about the project and he talked to the lead on it and kind of opened up his contacts to help get us some interviews. Excellent. So that was really exciting. So we'll see. It's being very cautiously optimistic because in both studios, we are effectively brand new studios. Mm -hmm. One of them, the ink has barely dried on our incorporation. So we're a, we're a big risk it's two new studios uh, only one of the teams has ever had a shipped game mm-hmm. so it you know we, we are a big risk so we're going in more with the expectation of building relationships than securing funding. I dig it it's I mean we have a plan in place should we secure funding we have potential release dates we have all of these things you know we want to show that we're serious. But we're more like, let's build relationships, expect that some of the investors are gonna say, put some more spit and polish on it, and then we'll talk. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we build those relationships, we hope that more will come out of that. Uh, But to get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty, both of the games would fall more under kind of fun, casual games. One of them is a puzzle platformer, and you, I can tell you, actually no wait, I can tell you things, because a lot of this has already been announced. I, I always have to remember like what's been announced. Flying around on Twitterverse, we've been talking about a game called Path of Kami, where you play as a wolf that has recently crossed over into the afterlife, and hmm. the, the goal of the puzzle platformer is to solve enough puzzles to make it to the other side of the afterlife or disappear forever. See that's an interesting
1: thing because I'm also working on a game called Path of Kami about a communist who has to get from one side of Moscow to the other.
0: <laughs> well, this is this is K A M I. It's very it's good. very much based in uh, in a lot of Japanese lore.
1: Is it related in any capacity to Okami, the
0: Okami series of
1: that was... series? I mean,
0: the one game that came out ten times. <laughs> right, that was where we got the inspiration for the name because. Okay, of- sure kami or something like that is like wolf in japanese or something like that okay that makes sense so that was where we got the name so yeah that's the the artwork coming out for it is already incredible Uh, it's an incredible team that i am honored to work with and they are so talented so i have to step up my game like i can't just skate through this i love that when that happens they are dedicated and serious and passionate about making the best game possible and one of the programmers on it, he and I are also working on another game that is about a Roomba in space.
1: <laughs> Alright, what does it do? Does it clean up space?
0: Yes, it's it's another puzzle game. And that one that one we're we're trucking at a much slower pace. There's three of us working on that one. And that for us is just like a fun game. And if something actually comes out of it, then we're gonna pitch it to investors. Awesome. But yeah, that's the one that's under, we we created a very cleverly named uh, studio called Start Games. And... I like that. Yeah. So it's... That one's a lot of fun. Like, we're just trying to come up with the goofiest game possible. And I remember when uh, they first pitched it as in like, you're a Roomba in space. And my first thought was, this isn't going to sell. And then about a (laughs) month later, Untitled Goose Game came out. And then you're like, never mind. And I went, oh my God, we're sitting on a gold mine. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and even, Well, even thinking about like goat
1: simulator and stuff like goofball shit has a better chance than ever to exist in the in the game sphere these days.
0: Well, because when he was like, yeah, you know, you're a Roomba in space and you're going to go and, and and the thing is, is like, so it's on like a space station, but we're trying to make the space station s- feel as like normal as possible. So we were just having a meeting about, you know, what kind of music and stuff. And, and it's kind of this idea of like, well, it should be like a mall, you know, it's basically Muzak. Mm-hmm. People just live in space now. And we we're cracking up. And I remember when we were when we were doing all the initial planning meetings and coming up with early prototypes. And I'm just sitting there like I was outvoted two to one. So I'm just kind of hanging my heads going, why are we wasting our time on this? And then so my Untitled Goose Gang comes out and I'm like, all right, boys, full steam ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> but both games are, are a lot of fun. The Path of Kami I'm just doing sound design on. We have another guy named Mark Choi, I think is his, is his name. Uh, He's a composer out of England and he is just killing it with the music. I, I mean, I, I like tear up every time I listen to it. That's
1: fantastic. The composer that we have for Death Bulge is also out of England and it's just a solo guy and he is killing it. And it's like, yeah, these English composers, I tell you.
0: Uh, every time I listen to one of his pieces, I'm going, that's it. I'm never writing music ever again. <laughs> it's just, dude, I can't. My- He's like, oh, I came up with this one afternoon. What do you think of it? And we're like, really?
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I man, lately I've, I've seen a couple of things lately where it's just like, why do I do anything? This is so good. What th- this exists? How am I supposed to ever do anything? And my friend, my friend sent me a, a Reddit link the other day to some somebody who had taken done some lunar, uh, some astrophotography of like the moon with Mars coming out just behind it, and it was and, and oh. it was so good. I was just like, I'm just getting real tired of everybody who's good at anything. I'm just can't stand <laughs> everybody. Yes. Everyone's better than me, and it says, why should I do anything? And I'll just sit here and be, and I'll just be sad in my mediocrity. But Exactly. <laughs> so I get what you mean. I understand completely.
0: Yeah. People are out there doing amazing things. Meanwhile, I'm in my apartment complex. There's a little dog park in there. And so I'm there with a pair of gloves on, digging around in the dirt, <laughs> replicating dog sounds. Yes. That's me. I Right there in my joy, people. <laughs> I just started doing...
1: I'm um, trying to get more sound design practice in, especially the Death Bulge stuff has been on such a, a long hiatus in terms of actual design because we switched over to doing the dynamic audio mix first with the existing sounds to get kind of a base of what kind of things we can do with FMOD. Mm. And that's almost done, but I haven't been doing a lot of sound design lately, so I started practicing and I went i went straight for the moon, um, as I always tend to do, and I pulled a sequence out of Silent Hill 2. <laughs> nice and because that if i were to make any choices as to like what kind of sound i want to do forever it would definitely be silent hill style sound just it's so it's so horrifying and so sad and it's like the perfect combination of those two things and i that's why i was saying if you take a 70 hertz tone and just pump it into the berserker plugin that you were using for all the other things like it does some really goofball stuff just being a consistent tone for one reason or another and I'm trying really hard to make some really strange sounds that way I, uh, I played a, an electric guitar with a violin bow to try to get some like just something I can twist into weird terrifying notes and I haven't nice yeah I haven't gotten
0: super far with it yet because every time I look at it I go uh, and I do something else <laughs> So speaking of creepy, We were, my wife and I were at um, another friend's house last Monday for dinner, Um, and I excused myself to use the restroom and flush the toilet, and as it's, like, finishing its flush cycle and doing the tank filling, it sounded like creepy ghost voices, Mm. like calling out or whatever, and I'm like, this is so nuts, and of course... I can't just excuse myself out to the car to go grab my Zoom recorder and walk back into their bathroom. Just run into the bathroom. Right. No time, no time to explain. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just took out my phone and recorded it. And I'm just like, "This is incredible. I can't I haven't had a chance to like download it and process it. I have it. to
1: have this. I want to hear it so bad."
0: But I really hope that it sounds as good as it originally did. I flushed <laughs> it again. And I'm by this point I'm going, man. I hope nobody asks me why I flushed the toilet <laughs> twice. <just> really <laughs> struggling to get this thing down.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of that meme. That's just like astronauts land from space, get out of the rocket, walk, get a gun. Moon's haunted, cocks gun. What? Moon's haunted, climbs back into the rocket. Like exactly. You walk out of the house and come back in with a recorder. What are you doing? Toilet's
0: haunted. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, and these are oh. these are these are people we're trying to become like good friends with. So I'm like, man, I really hope like this isn't going bri- to bridge a conversation of, gee, why'd you flush the toilet twice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What no, ha- no, no, happened no was. Damn it, no questions. Do you know what that's from? What?
1: What, is, what happened was. What like happened was.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't remember exactly from? what it's from. It's. Oh, uh a comedian! I can't remember his name because I know I know so many people from every walk of life,
1: and they all say it, and I including myself, and I have no idea, and nobody knows where it came from.
0: it was I know for me it was popularized by a comedian. I can't remember his name right now, okay, but he was talking about like, you know a young man coming over to wanna to date his daughter, mm-hmm. and he was like. You can always tell when I'm going to start a lie. You know, see what happened was, (laughs) man, the thing about it is, it's like, nope, you lying, already lying. The thing about
1: that, that reminds me, (laughs) whenever whenever my mom gets pretty drunk, she will say, so here's the thing. This is the thing. Here's the thing. (laughs) Here's (laughs) the thing. She just gets caught.
0: (laughs) Speaking of, I got a nice glass of wine with me. Yeah, very good. I went to... <laughs> Ariel says, "Why did you flush the
1: toilet twice? I signed an NDA. Sorry, I can't." Talk about it. <laughs> that
0: is what I'm using from now
1: on. Yep, that's perfect. Do anything, any weird thing. Sorry, NDA. I can't. Sorry,
0: signed an NDA. <laughs> can't talk about it. You signed an NDA, yeah, with your toilet.
1: Can't. Yep, sorry, the toilet, the National Drainage Commission.
0: That's incredible, Ariel. You are a genius. Thank you. You win.
1: You win the day. You win the day. I, was, I went to Total Wine yesterday or the other day, and I, got, I found some beers that I haven't seen or had in like a decade, and then, uh, <laughs> I had quite the evening last night with that. I there was <laughs> I had, I was supposed to be in a meeting with the Death Bulge guys, me and Ryan, and it was... I totally forgot. Completely spaced it. Didn't go. Saw nice. it in the Discord today, and it was... Ryan, you know, it was mostly f talk, so it wasn't... I didn't I wasn't bringing a presentation to this for, for you know, at all, but... I was like, boy, if I'd showed up, (laughs) we wouldn't have got a thing done. So it's good that I didn't go. But
0: but yeah, the the other game, the visual novel that I was mentioning, that was mostly just doing atmosphere stuff, Mm. you know, like it's my favorite kind of stuff. So this is another one exploring life and death, and it's it's told through the eyes of a girl whose older brother passed away. Mm. So a lot of it is like because it's a visual novel, you really can't cue to any actions on screen. Like there's no, Mm -hmm. you know, if you do footsteps, it's just kind of generic footsteps in the background. But most of it is just, hey, you know, she's in a busy cafeteria, we need cafeteria sounds. She's in a school hallway, we need school hallway sounds. And something that's repetitive enough that gives the feeling that this is just playing over and over and over without anything standing out. Like at no Mm. point should the audio ever be like, oh, This is standing out. This is making me aware of things. Yes. And I was just, someone
1: sent me a video and this, I feel like this is an up and coming sort of thing, (laughs) not to put it too vaguely, but there's been a lot of, you know, restoring old footage and things like that. And this particular video that I had gotten from someone was a 4K colored restoration of New York circa 1911. And there was, they put a bunch of sounds in it because it's silent film. Right, and the silent and and the sound design for it was not particularly good. It was very singular. Like you know, footage of a boat has one single wave sound and like one bird, and then you you know go past a a port and there's like one horse clomping shoe sound, and it's just it was very minimal, very sparse. Yeah, and yeah, the and the explanation that I gave my friend when I told him why I was like sound design, this is awful. He's like, what about it? You know, is not good. I was like, because it's exactly that thing. What you just said, it's almost, it's basically that same component where it's like, if you were in this position, unless you are looking directly at something, trying to connect what you're seeing with what you're hearing to pick out a specific sound, it's all just going to be atmosphere. It's all just going to be a a cacophony of noise that doesn't have any specific point or placement. And the problem is that everything being so singular, you can pick out every individual element that you're hearing. Mm -hmm. And... It's that same kind of thing. And I thought, man, if I was, I don't know, less busy or more interested, I would definitely like reach out to this guy and resound this whole 25 minute sequence because that would be great. What a fun thing to do to just practice. Yeah. And maybe I might still, I might just, I was thinking I might just pull it down with YouTube DL and then do it and then say, hey, by the way, I made this thing better. <laughs> but it, I mean, realistically, it's probably not gonna happen.
0: Well, and actually that uh, that would actually set up a really good conversation. How long do the podcasts last for? Uh, it's about a half hour. I don't. I hour. was trying to
1: look and see where our clap was and I can't tell. So. I
0: think we're, we're cresting up on a half an hour. But what you just talked about would give me a great segue into talking about how to approach people about working on something they did.
1: Well, let's do that. So we'll go ahead and shut this episode down for now and uh, come back next week if you want to hear Brian talk about all that stuff that he just said. Okay. Try not to get your computer wet, Brian, on the way out. Don't let the... (laughs) I don't know. What would hit you? Sand? I don't know. Leave.